some type of protein, whether it be uh, from us or from an animal, yeah. or, or it could be, uh, or it's just general, like just dick shit. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're complete simpletons. So if you can like throw a dick joke in there, I'm yeah. good to go. We're pretty, we're pretty happy with that. So Pat, welcome, welcome back to the next episode of the 6 a.m. podcast, man. I, I I think I misquoted the last one as saying it was episode two or three or something. Because remember, the first episode was the pilot episode, so that was zero zero, right. and then we had zero one and zero two uh, right. is today. And uh, I gotta thank you for being. We're, we're remote today because of uh, because of work schedules and and everything else. But we're we're still doing our best to bring you guys the best content in a timely manner, so that these uh, these episodes release on a Monday. Man, we're movers and shakers, baby. We we that's right. We gotta we we you know we're not just sitting around uh, uh, tugging our prex. Oh wait, wait. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> know if I wanted to say pecker or prick, and I went. <laughs> can we uh, can we go over all of the the different phrases for masturbation for manual masturbation of the male genitalia? Tugging your prick, banking the monkey. Yep. Uh, uh, polishing my knob. Yeah. Um, choking uh, the chicken. Oh, jerking your gherkin. <laughs> jerking your gherkin. Yeah. Pulling your pud. Oh, yeah, pulling your pud. <laughs> to me. If I may, Jeff, if I can yeah. just, you know, if I can be vulnerable for a little bit, I just want to share with you my truest, deepest, darkest feelings. Okay, great. Can't I, wait. I feel PUD is the most acceptable, if not apt, name for a penis and or genitalia in general. Really? Yeah. Don't you think what? it kind of looks like a PUD? <laughs> <laughs> you're like crying off and you just like look in the mirror and you're like, look at that PUD. <laughs> okay right i mean the level of disappointment that i feel yeah i would say that probably matches like a penis spud it's like a penis potato it's a pud it's a pu- <laughs> <laughs> not like a, a rigid like not to get too blue here but i think i think cock when it's hard i think is that the it's like the perfect it's like, like it's ready to go yeah literally like a chicken like you know like <laughs> But when it's like when you're out of shower, it's a it's a pun. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have. I I mean, I can't disagree with you, man. I think it's right in the pud today, man. Holy yeah, right. Go back you to took one. You took one in the pud today, did you? It was one of those ones where you're like, oh no, it's cool, and then you started going again. You're like, oh, hold on, no, it's not cool. No, it's not okay. Yeah, this isn't all right. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this question, Pat. You're going to damage my pud. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to jujitsu and grappling, because as we do, like where every every day, you know, we have our we have our lesson uh, first, and then we go to live rolling, where which is you know live sparring. Do you wear a cup? Do you wear an athletic cup while you uh, while you spar? I uh, well, uh, I don't actually. When uh, so when I when I do MMA, I usually wear a cup just because people you are have to and, yeah. like it, and it's just it's kind of like it feels like a nest. For some reason, it feels like more of a necessity. Even it is. It, it, yeah, trust me. I because I I caught one and and I didn't feel it, and I know for a fact that would have been toes in the spud for sure. They would have been yep. so deep in my spud. No, no lie. So, <laughs> But for jujitsu, because it's not allowed in like competition and stuff like that, it's not I've been trying to get more used to not wearing it. And I yeah. kind of just got used to not wearing a cup whatsoever and just kind of and just uh, praying. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, like just really being conscious of my nuts. And and today it just it was just a fat. It was like a scramble kind of thing. And it just happened. It was like one of those. like, Ugh! And it was kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't scare me enough to to go back to wearing a cup, though. How about you, though? Do you wear a cup? No, I don't. Not anymore. I used to be. Uh, I so I came from uh, you know my a lot of my jujitsu roots came by way of mixed martial arts. So I was used to wearing a cup, you know, all the time. And um, and then of course you could you weren't allowed to wear one for competition, which always made me feel weird and like uh, like strangely exposed. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, it makes sense because you can't, you know, wearing a cup, if, if, you know, you've, if you've ever worn one while you're rolling, like it has a, it has a tremendous amount of leverage that you can use for things like arm bars in particular, because that arm is between your legs and, and that becomes this like fulcrum point for, for breaking arms. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible place for your elbow to be um, if you're arm barring somebody. So that's why you can't wear a cup. And also like doing things like, you know, moving North South or, you know, hitting somebody's face or whatever with it, it could be really, really damaging. But um, I got in the habit here over the last couple of years of not wearing a cup. And I'm actually super grateful for it because I think it's, it's actually much more comfortable to roll without a cup. Um, I found that the cup actually did more damage to my junk than not wearing one. Oftentimes can get like whacked into your. Yeah. Yeah. You're rolling around. You're on your back, your back. It's not going to always sit perfectly in. That's in right. The nicely because the things yeah. pinched and all your bits shift around and then it's like uh and then it's damage time i mean you know yeah i didn't grow up with like athletics and stuff like that so i wasn't used to a cup for a long time so i don't even know if i was wearing it right for a while before that but now we're wearing it upside down yeah i was actually i was putting it on my face <laughs> <laughs> so I was oh, like, man. it was one of those things i did have it up the, the the correct way but i think in mma class i actually figured out like oh because because you need it to move around a bit right oh, it makes a lot more sense now yeah yep yep so, yeah. yeah did you like something from behind you that was hanging on the wall just like fell and started swinging over top of your cat uh was this? calendar but, yeah i was wondering what the fuck that was like that freaked the shit out of me i was like is yeah. my falling apart? <laughs> 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 oh man so jeff uh, what are we here to talk about today, buddy? Oh my gosh, man! We got so we, well. First of all, I want to follow up from our last episode because you know, as as we were talking a lot about uh, about skateboarding making it into the Olympics, and of course, it it happened this last week, and uh, they had uh, both the men's and women's um, you know street competition, and uh, and I have like I have a lot of opinions about this, but this is not our main topic today. I just want to like I just want to recap this, I, uh, just to talk about it a little bit, and 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 as I watched it unfold. Um, and to your point from the last podcast, man, I gotta be honest with you. It really, the, the competition itself, um, it, it's a street course. So like, it's not like the, it's not like they're actually out on the street, you know, skating or anything like that. And it's, and it's very reminiscent of like, of, of any of the, the, uh, uh, you know, the skateboarding league competitions or the, the X games competition. So understanding for those that don't, aren't aware, like competition skateboarding is is um is different than like just street skating you know when you go out and find spots to skate and film or get clips for that um it's a lot more it's a lot more regulated in that in that respect and then you know you have judges that are of course trying to like judge the the judge the competition and give you a score and so forth um but shout out to everybody that that uh that skated made the olympics it was pretty dope to see um uh, you know for the for the uh uh women's competition like the, i don't even know they were all they were all uh uh yeah, between the ages of 13 and 16 that won uh gold silver and bronze it was pretty impressive man that was that was pretty rad um but here's my favorite. Here's my favorite story about about the uh, uh, the Olympics is that the day after the men's street finals were out, um, I was outside skating with my son, and one of my neighbors uh, came out and was like, "Oh, did you see? Did you, you know? Did you watch the skateboarding competition?" I was like, yeah, of course I watched it. And and uh, the first thing he said was, "Too bad America didn't win gold." And I was like. What's funny about this is that like all the people that skate in these competitions, they're all, I mean, they're all part of one community. Like they skate for American teams. They like, most of them live in America anyway. So, I mean, it's not like they all know each other for the most part. I mean, everybody kind of like, like the hangs golf. with each other. There's golf in the Olympics also. And like, it's like, I, I was asking uh, my buddy, John, who I do hacks with, what's the difference between like these fucking, these guys playing golf, like regular golf and then playing golf here at the Olympics. And is it, it was like, it's gotta be the exact same. Like if, if I'm going to say like, aside from the skateboarders, aside from it being brand new, like right. they're probably the most comfortable because to me, I was watching it at a show in Port Carbon that night. And uh, in the bar before the, the show, we were watching some of the, the uh, results and stuff like that. We we're watching some of the competition and I'm like, this just looks like the X games. Like this yeah. is so normal for them. Just to be like, okay, we're here. And it's literally the, if anything, the X Games did, it was to totally normalize uh, like a more worldwide competition 
on a on a higher scale like you know it's yeah. still in the namesake it's the olympics you know look out and you have to wear i also i also really liked like that they had to wear kind of uniforms yeah it was weird yeah it was like i was like oh that's so strange to see every skateboarder wearing the exact same thing that, yeah it was it was really strange that was that was weird for me but to me it looked just like the like like the x games and it has to be pretty much like uh similar do you did you get any did you get that feeling i don't know like that's it, like you said it's weird to see everybody wearing the exact same clothes yeah i mean you know like the the thing about it is is like for me like i thought first of all i thought everybody did a great job and like i thought it was you know it, it went well as far as as far as that goes um yeah, you know America didn't win the gold yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we did anyway. I mean, Simone Biles. <laughs> nice going. I thought like overall it was, I, I think it, it was fine. And, and honestly, it didn't like, it didn't really make any tremendous waves as far as that goes. I think like, I think that the, the, either you watched it or you didn't, which is typical of like all the Olympic events. You can't watch all of them at the same time. You go back and like recap. I watched that live for obvious reasons. It's something that I'm interested in and so forth. But I think generally speaking, it was just kind of like, okay, like, you know, we just watched this. What's weird about it for me is this, is that like it, the, the nationalistic bent on the Olympics is kind of a strange thing for me. So you've got this, like, you know, to my neighbor's point, like, Oh, the America didn't win the goal. And I'm like, well, no, but we kind of did at the same time. I mean, like these guys, like, and none of those guys or none of those gals give a shit whether or not they want it for their country or not. They, I, I, I mean, I shouldn't speak for them, but I can almost guarantee you they don't, they want it for skateboarding. Maybe it's like if, if it was like an odd thing where like they don't have any streets there or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm the first generation or I'm an Olympian. Something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. No, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably just like cool. I, I'm I'm glad that I could come here and compete with my friends. But like that's literally it. I think you're. It's uh, it was already on a national scale. It really didn't need it is. for the exposure. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I think, I think that's a really good point to bring up is the fact of like, much like jujitsu. We'll we'll get into our our topic about that in a little bit. Yeah. You can take these individual sports and turn them into a team sport, and and you can see how ugly it gets quickly. You know what right. I mean? You don't go because is it like that in the uh, in the X Games as well? Like, do, do do they go by like oh USA America or is it just competitors? Isn't it? Yeah, just I mean, it's just competitors, right? I mean, you're looking at teams, you're looking at competitors. I mean, and again, these are like the 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 competition teams. They're used to skating in competitions. Not every pro skater um, skates competitions. It's just not their jam, or they don't like it, or it's just not their. It's just not the way that they want to do it. Here's here's the thing about uh, skateboarding, and then we'll we'll like move on. Number one is this. I got to tell you this about Japan. So Japan like cleaned house with so far the the park contest is going to take place on August 5th, I think. So it had to get rescheduled. So that has not that has not taken place yet. Just the street competition has taken place. And Japan won a lot of medals. But here's the funny thing is that skateboarding isn't generally accepted in Japan yet. It's not a, it's not a thing. So <laughs> like street skating in Japan is very difficult because they, they don't, they frown upon it. The Japanese women, which is the women's street uh, competition is what I have here completed yeah. on, uh, July 25th. Um, uh, so both gold and uh, bronze were taken yep. in Japan. And that, yep. that's a statement because that's yeah. the thing. Hey, maybe this should be more accepted here. Also, women's street prelims. Oh, that was prelims. Never mind. Yeah, it was prelims. Yeah. So, yeah, they took away gold and bronze in a in a. It's like it's basically like if, uh, it's it's again it's much like Cool Runnings, uh, one of my favorite movies growing up. It's like the Jamaican bobsled team winning gold. It's kind of right, like, right, How right. Does this is crazy. You don't even uh, because is it is it like forbidden there or is it just the fact that it's like, it's just it's not. Allowed. It's just frowned up. Yeah, it's just frowned upon. Like it's like okay, this is like I think probably, and I couldn't speak to Japanese culture, but I would I would assume like some of it seems inappropriate to them from a from a culture perspective. Like much the same way that it it, it sort of um, has grown over in the in the states originally. You know where you have like you know you people are like oh filthy skateboarders, you're destroying our stuff and blah, 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 you're in the way. It's probably much the same way. What I thought might be interesting is I'll be curious to see if it has any effect at all that 
that like when you're watching when you're watching skateboarding, one of my favorite things about about skating is um, you know, especially when it comes to actual pro clips where you're watching it from you know the perspective of that team. They go out into the street and they they find these spots and they skate these spots and they do these amazing things. Is the tries the amount of attempts it takes to get that to land that trick? So if you're if you're watching uh, skateboarding in the Olympics and they're landing it in the first try, that's that's really really impressive. Yeah. Um, it's, it takes multiple tries to get to land really difficult tricks. Um, and these guys, like one of my favorite things to do is watch rough cuts of like the, of like pro videos when they come out. Cause I love watching how many attempts it takes to get the clip that they want, that they put yeah. in the video. Yeah. Right. I always see what those clips of like somebody like, uh, you know, they, they throw a basketball behind them or something like that. Yeah. And they get it. It's like, I've, I've done one of those videos with a friend of mine and I was like, it took, like 17 million fucking tries yeah exactly yeah and then you act like why do you think they're so excited they're not so excited because that happened on the first try no 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 right level of excitement when you get it on the first try looks an awful lot like the level of excitement when you finally get it on the 100th try exactly exactly and that's and that's what i think i really wanted like to to if i if i can lend any type of perspective on skateboarding in the olympics is remember that that you have you you have to appreciate how many tries it's taken these guys and gals to to nail these tricks on the first try in front of a a, a worldwide audience um is really really kind of incredible like it's it, it is not an easy thing to do like it's it seems so like it, it seems so fucked up the olympics like not just like the covid stuff i'm not saying like that i'm saying like the weirdest thing of like like we're we're not even we're not even on the same page as a country like to go into the olympics it feel like i'm not i'm not trying to say like anything politically i'm just saying right 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 like the stuff like the team sport stuff the it's uh, it seems and it seems like there's so many more athletes that are 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 willing to take uh, their own perspective and their own kind of like they have their team they've done it but they're not willing to let somebody else like criticize it, it, it's kind of like yeah. you stand in the sense of saying like you don't get to 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 uh take credit for our accomplishments anymore right 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 decisions if you don't like it that's okay but also like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I'm obviously I'm, well, like, I mean, this is a great segue into our topic. We, we start getting into Brazilian jiu-jitsu because like, if we, if we, if we actually assume that, that, that type of mentality, that type of mindset, we would never have, we would never have martial arts in this country, let alone, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, if it was like, oh no, that's, and don't get me wrong. Like we've, you know, I think throughout the years, there are plenty of stories of which like martial arts were being taught in the United States and the, or the, you know, the country of origin, whatever masters existed in that area were like, you can't teach the Americans these, you know, these arts and like, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. It becomes like this, it becomes this thing where, you know, it, you know, it adapts and it evolves and it changes over time based in its context and its context is generally, you know, geographically located to like, you know, where you would have different jujitsu now, like if it was, so jujitsu started in Japan in a very, in a very like very brief and, and layman type of way of putting this, it, 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 you know, it got exported to Brazil. It went from Brazil and was adapted and evolved. Japanese jujitsu evolved into Brazilian jujitsu and then was exported to the United States um, and then it, now it is, it has changed again, s- drastically. So now you have different jujitsu just in regions. You have like, uh, you know, your Northeast jujitsu is going to be different than your Southwest jujitsu and your Midwest jujitsu. And like all these things, you know, change over time and, and, uh, and it's, and evolve. And I think, you know, this leads us to our, like one of our, uh, one of our interesting topics today. And we're going to start with something that, that is, uh, that's relevant in the news right now. And that is. The Danaher Death Squad has is officially kaput. It has, yeah, rest in peace. It has disbanded. And so, for all of our listeners who are jujitsu practitioners, you of course are going to be familiar with uh, with John Danaher and the the Danaher Death Squad. And this was like this made relevant news. Um, you know, this is a this is a team that that you know housed the likes of of Gordon Ryan and and Craig Jones and you know, and many others, uh, that were just part of this, like this incredible force in, in, uh, in particular, no gi jujitsu. 
uh, almost almost ex- exclusively. Um, and it was kind of big news. John Donaher, if you're not familiar with him, I mean, you should make yourself familiar with him. Um, he's a uh, I would I would I would put him in the category of jujitsu savant. Right. He is he is a guy that and, and it is not just jujitsu that he is that he's highly knowledgeable in. It's it's wrestling. It's it's judo. There's all kinds of uh, of uh, martial arts in there that he's got a, a, a tremendous brain bank of knowledge there. Brain bank. So, yeah, they, they broke up the team. The team has disbanded. Now, when I see this a lot of times with uh, fans or uh, uh, like groups team stuff like that i always see it as like you kind of take a group of like leaders you know what i mean like something like that is where that's been so concentrated and they've got to this level of success here that them disbanding i feel like is only a positive thing and it's only going to add more uh more styles because each one of those people i know you know from rolling with people all over that even though they're they've been on the team they've been doing their thing each one of them has their own little thing that they do and now they're taking a lot of those mentalities in that and they're spreading it kind of sprinkling it throughout i don't know sure. how far it'll spread i don't know anything else but like you said with with there being already so many styles uh, already uh northeast southeast you know southwest northwest you know yeah least uh, whatever it may be uh you have all those different styles i feel like that's a potential for however many more bands you know what i mean like that's how i always thought about it right right as they're moving into their like solo careers right yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean like that Uh, and but i also i also go into that with a lot of hesitation because i'm also like a lot of solo projects fucking suck they fucking fail man yeah it's true and i mean chris and i uh my co-instructor uh, for the, uh, the 6am class, uh, he and I were talking about that just the other day, as far as like, you're trying to come up with like a list of like solo acts that that actually made it. I think the majority of them don't make it. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I think part of that is just part of the human is part of the human experience is that we, we tend to want to migrate to, uh, groups of like-minded people. We work better in teams when we really like, when we really comes down to it, we, we work better as a, as a team, as a, as a social group and, and network versus like on our own. So, you know, I think that's probably, that's probably inherent in that, in that sort of uh, category. I, I'll be curious to see how this goes. And we have a, we have an article that I haven't read yet that I want to look into because uh, apparently three days ago, Gordon Ryan and, and uh, Craig Jones have talked about what the future of the, of their you know, what their future plans are. And we haven't read it yet. We're going to look it up on the, uh, the shit publication jujitsu times. I have, I have my uh, criticisms of jujitsu times. I don't know where they get these people to write articles. So I'm hoping it's a good article. Well, we'll read it here in just a little bit and see what's going on with those guys. But uh, yeah, the, the death squad breaking up the, 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 the reasons that were listed were, were because of, of clashes in terms of, of uh, I think, you know, direction, location, geography, like where they wanted to train, um, you know, the, the people on the team, like what their plans for the future were. And this is not untypical of, of, you know, as we were using bands as a metaphor for bands breaking up, things change in your life and you have to make decisions that are based on what you think is the best choice for you at that time. It might not be the right choice. It may end up being the perfect choice, um, but it kind of just is what it is. You know, th- these things don't last forever. Dude, dude there, there's so much in that, just what you just said. Something like where you can, it's not like it, when you get that feeling, it's about the feeling you get. So once you get the feeling of saying like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I me and Dominique have been trying to figure out a way of, of wording it to where it doesn't sound like we're, you're, you're like, but like you outgrow a place, you outgrow right. Like we, we were talking about that in Florida. We're, we're restless. We're, we want to change. We want to, we wanted things that Florida was not offering. So right. something as simple as that, a lot of times, even when there is a, uh, uh, you know, not even you want to see, you, you always picture it as turmoil, but when you have a conflict of, yeah. you have a difference of opinions, it's not always a bad thing. And I, I hate that. That's always a connotation of like, I wanted something different. They wanted something different, but it's never viewed as amicable. 
You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Or a good decision. I, I think you're right, man. It's an interesting, it's an interesting point. And that is that, you know, growth only comes from being uncomfortable. Like, so if you're, if you're, if it came to the point where, and we don't know why they actually broke up. I mean, this is the, these are the things they say. I take them, you know, I take it for what it is. Like, I think that's probably the most, uh, the safest and most benign way of saying why things fell apart or why they decided to go their own way. But I think there is a component of this that, that was definitely rooted in, you know, feeling too comfortable. Like they'd accomplished so much as a, as a team and what was next seemed dull or uninteresting. And so it was time to, to move on. As you grow, um, you find that the, the most amount of growth is in, you know, the unknown. It's, it's making mistakes or being uncomfortable and moving yourself out of that arena where things were just probably too too boring or too comfortable or too predictable you know it's always too something yeah it's always it's not like it and again like it's not like it's it was too this it was too like you said it, i was too comfortable that's not yeah. that's not anybody's fault right you know what i mean like but it's always there always seems to be like you said why can't it why can't it stay the exact same like why can't why didn't you stay with that exact same person that that whole you know what i mean like any of those right. things nobody ever sees it as a healthy decision everybody always right. says like oh you're giving up or you're changing you're doing something different oh you want to you need something like it's it, it's never seen as that I, I always do the dumb voice with that just because yeah. that's, <laughs> that's how i hear it I'm like oh well you want to better yourself like <laughs> <laughs> right dummy Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no hesitation in my voice whatsoever. Yeah. And I always love that too, because there adds a little bit of mystery to it, even if there isn't any kind of conflict or anything. But right. I do. I, I oftentimes like the decision to say like, none of your fucking business. You know what I mean? Like, right. like there, right. you're, you're, you're allowed to have that. You're just because people are a fan of you doesn't mean you owe them everything. No, correct. Correct. And I would say too, that there's like, you know, regardless of whether or not you uh, are a fan of the Danaher death squad or not is not really the the relevant topic. It's more about like, there's an indisputable point in which, you know, they've, they've revolutionized and changed um, jujitsu forever. And maybe that's one of the things that led to the breakup, but like, it's like this mission is accomplished. They did something that that nobody else was, or I mean, I shouldn't say nobody else, but I would say that, that others have done before as well, but, but they've done it in a different way. They've revolutionized. And for them specifically for that, for that specific team, they've done something that nobody else has done. And so now it changes the game and it changes the way that we looked at jujitsu and it changes uh, all of our perspectives on that. And whether you like somebody like Gordon Ryan or not as a competitor or as a teacher of jujitsu or a student of jujitsu, is irrelevant. It's, you can't argue the fact that he has changed the landscape. Right. And, and as a result, you can't, you can, you can't say that, you know, John Donaher hasn't changed the landscape of jujitsu. That's the thing. So once they've, once the team has had an effect, I think much like a band, it's hard. There's a lot of pressure combined to do something, sometimes shaking it up and saying like, what if we each try a thing? Right. You know, and people grow up. People want people's wants change. People grow up and, and start families and do like literally yeah, could, things change. Yeah. My yeah. wife wants to move to, you know, to Seattle. So yeah, you know what I mean? Like exactly. Yeah. It could be anything. So it could have been any of that stuff. Right. It's still, it's still one of those things that people are taking uh, to heart because they're that's it was their thing. It was, you know, their thing as well. But it, this is just a reminder that. It was never your thing. You can be a part of it, but also find your own thing. Maybe start your own yeah. band, like uh, yeah. a squad. You know what I mean? Like you could start a, a Jeff Beck uh, a death deck. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of like death being in there. Yeah, death deck. It's always on our minds. As human beings, it's the, the number one thing we're obsessed with. So right. death. And then we also simulate it. Uh, multiple times a day <laughs> yeah like, we do simulate death it's it's kind of true which you know by the way leads us here to the to this article i'm going to read this article and it we won't be doing this a lot guys on our on our podcast where we le- read live these articles but we'll, we'll give this one a go and see how it see how it functions um this is in relationship to what uh, craig jones and um gordon ryan are doing so if you have if you haven't heard the news yet then you're getting it here first in this podcast um 
So the article from Jiu-Jitsu Times reads, in case you missed it, the Donahue Death Squad, a.k.a. the elite team of grapplers. I don't know why it's also – it's not actually also – this is what I'm talking about, man. This also- is not an a.k.a., okay? Yeah. The elite team of grapplers led by John Donaher and including names like Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin, uh, Nikki Ryan, which is uh, Gordon's brother, Craig Jones, Nikki Rodriguez, uh, and Ethan – I don't actually know this guy – Creelisting and more has broken up. So we already know that stuff, but that's not an, that's not an AKA man. Yeah. That, yeah. When you say it's that, not an assumed name. He knows them also by those all did, it was all of that in quotes also like uh, also no, no, it wasn't in quotes, but it's like AKA the elite team of grappler. No, it would have been an AKA would have been DDS, you know, referred to as DTS, you know, anyway, right. the news shocked the jujitsu community over the weekend. We were all shocked. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. With, with many grappling fans and practitioners wondering what would come next for the famous athletes that made up the squad, which would have been also an AKA, but that's, they're not actually known as the squad. Okay. Well, anyway, while not everyone has revealed their next steps, Gordon Ryan and Craig Jones have given their followers some inkling of what they plan to do next. The elder Ryan brother shared the news that he has plans to open his own BJJ Academy in Austin, Texas, a decision that is hard is hardly surprising given Ryan's continued involvement with the Austin-based company Flow Grappling. In the social media post, Ryan acknowledged that it is thus far unclear who among his teammates will be joining him. Okay, so then they give him the post. I'm not reading the post. Uh, Jones, for his part, shared that he will continue training with Rodriguez. uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name. We already established it. Krilinstein and Nikki Ryan. The goal remains the same, he said in a social media post, affectionately referring to the four athletes as the B team, though further specifics were, weren't shared by any of the four grapplers. The location of the post was also tagged as Austin, Texas. So they're going to be in Austin, Texas as well. So that was it. That was the, that was the whole fucking article right there. Okay. So, so yeah, we have a classic uh, super group uh, deal going on now. So we have something much like where not so much where each band member is going to start their own band but we have something more of like a this is more like sparta and at the drive-in coming out of oh wait no right exactly yeah 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 it could end up being it could end up being like a side project you know that just takes over what about john is john donaher just he's like i'm just gonna stay where i'm where i'm at like i it's it was my squad so like why can't he have a new squad or is it gonna might yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, it might be something of that nature where he's like, you know, at some point, and he's mentioned this before, um, you know, John is, is crippled, uh, his, I think it's his right leg has been crippled uh, for years. And at some point, it's just going to stop functioning. Um, and I don't know, like, to, I don't know to what extent that that injury has prevented him from, from continuing to, to teach or to grapple himself. Um, he seems pretty active. So my, my guess is, is that if he's just going to continue to be uh, the instructor that he's always been, and he'll, he'll continue to um, provide instruction for students. He's, you know, under Henzo Gracie. Um, and I can't imagine that he'll do anything other than, than continue to teach martial arts. So, and we'll see what happens with his, with his next crew. Either way, all of these, it's going to be more like, this is just the, the start of it. I think this is just the beginning of like, because they're all existing and they're all going to continue to train. They're all yeah. going to start their own things. And then, and then we see them compete. Yeah, right. Well, which is what I think is actually going to happen. We're going to like the reason that this stuff. I mean, many of the many of the the fans of jujitsu. There are there are so many in just in this squad that want to see they want to see them fight each other. Um, could be really interesting, you know. It, yeah, this is this is very interesting. I'm very yeah. I'm very uh, I'm 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 intrigued, and not only uh, was I was I intrigued to hear the the breakup and everything, but the fact that they're all I'm actually a little less intrigued now that most of them are seem to be going to Austin, Texas. So right, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> probably working out of the same gym. You know, everybody's quitting except for one of them. Uh, you know what I mean? Or like when John Donahue's like, oh, well, you know, my knee's fucked up. So and then everybody else is like, oh, we're all going to Austin. Though. Okay, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it, there is a there is a component of this that says like first of all i don't know that how many people were really shocked by this or like how the jujitsu community was shaken by this 
Not really. I mean, there are plenty of people that think that like these guys are completely overrated to begin with. Um, that's not going to be shocked is the BJJ community. They're just going to go, yeah, people make decisions sometimes. Yeah, it's cool. Like you, the one thing that stays as a constant throughout all of this is that they're still going to practice jujitsu. I mean, jujitsu didn't go anywhere. If they all now, if the whole Donahue Desk Squad said we are quitting jujitsu, then then that would be like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, they're all going to go to pro wrestling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they're all like switching, like we're all going to go into pro wrestling or, or something else uh, or 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 just stop grappling altogether. I, I would have a ton of questions. Yeah. As far as like this, it's like, oh, so you're moving, you're moving. You're <laughs> going to start your own gym. OK, cool. Like, yeah, I mean, great. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm, I'm just saying, OK, yeah. But it's not like yeah. her death squad broken up now. <laughs> <laughs> I like, all right, well, they're just, you know, when was the last time they did a thing together anyway? It's like if I, you know, when, when Dom and I eventually moved to, uh, you know, a, a, a city or, or when, and if we move to the next place we go, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things where like, yeah, like it's, it ha- like I'll go to a different gym. It's not like a, it's not like, oh, he's leaving this gym. He's going and like, nope, I didn't quit this gym. <laughs> I just right. moved. I just went to a different place. As long as, yeah. you, as long as you're still training. We'll give I think that's the, I think that's the most important thing, guys, is that like when we're, you know, we're talking about this, you know, the, the, the I think the, you know, sort of the topic is uh, for what we're, what we're driving at today is, is getting into the, the weeds about innovation and how that functions and how that works and operates you know, in every component of like life, but in this particular case, we're talking about jujitsu, you know, if we, you know, if they, if they decided, I think, I think if they decided to just stay as a group and, and it was insular and this is how it functioned, like they're, they're just, at some point the innovation would stop, you know, the growth of, of knowledge in jujitsu would, would, would cease um, in respect to like, you know, how, how they, or I shouldn't say in respect to, it should say in comparison to what they could accomplish if they go out on their own. It's not that it's limiting or not limit. It's just different. It's literally just them wanting to do something different. And, and right. the fact that this is, it must just be a really slow jujitsu news day. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you read the jujitsu times, it usually is. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, we get this, this happens, this happens, you know, every, every couple of years where we get this, you know, we have somebody that breaks away from the pack um, that says, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it differently. Um, and they're going to do it differently, but the same. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, everybody's familiar with Eddie Bravo um, right. speaking of innovators, like, and, and like, yeah, I think, you know, part of it, part of it feels good to me that there are people out there that, that are like, you know, they just want to do things their way. They want to, they want to take what they've learned and they want to change it into something else. And it's not too far away from what you've, what you've known and loved. But I mean, you know, speaking of no gi grappling, I mean, that is, that's what 10th planet jujitsu is. It's not there. They don't, they don't grapple in the, in the gi, they grapple no gi and um, they, they, Eddie Bravo and 10th planet jujitsu revolutionized, the game, whether you like it or not, makes no difference. It's the fact that they they did it, and they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm just gonna go do what I want to do." As far as Eddie Bravo's style, like I am on board with it. Like I, whatever his views are, his personal life, I don't fucking whatever the fuck that is. His oh man, we could do a whole podcast on your personal view, <laughs> you know versus, I mean? like how I feel about jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the thing is, if I remember, right. they didn't uh, uh, Eddie Bravo invent the twister? Right. Correct. Yeah. You did at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's the thing of like, I love inventing new ways to make people make weird noises. Right. Right. Uh, and certainly you're going to find somebody that goes back into the archives of Japanese jujitsu and was like, Oh, the twister he did. Eddie Bravo didn't invent the twister. You know, this guy, this cat from like 16th century Japan invented it and they have it in this scroll somewhere, you know, where like, right here's the thing about here's the thing about inventing things is that like there's certainly there are like marvels of of invention where you're like okay this particular thing has never been done before um but but the ideas in and of themselves are typically things that if you think it there's a probably a pretty good chance that there are like millions of other people who have had the same thought right right so 
and and that's like that that's that's just that's just part of the human existence so of course like it makes sense the worst i'll tell you what this is how it works the worst is i'm so i'm a graphic designer for a living okay and 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 i'm and a proud graphic designer i love graphic design i love being a graphic designer um and i pride myself on on making like the last 25 years of my life as a professional designer and there's nothing worse than having this great idea and then seeing some motherfucker do it before you do it, <laughs> you know, but it speaks to the fact that like, if you have a good idea, it, like it's a good idea, period. Like it was a good idea. So certainly somebody else is also thinking that same thing, right? That was a good idea. So I don't think that Eddie Bravo, for instance, went back to the, you know, to some sort of like Japanese archive, stole that idea and was like, I'm going to call it the twister and it's going to be mine. No, it makes sense that his evolution of jujitsu led him to this position that he had not seen before. And then, and then extrapolated that into a, a, you know, whatever system or whatever move or whatever position. And he named it as such because he took pride in, in discovering that for himself. Um, we talked about that a little bit in the first in the first podcast, you know, uh, where Rick was talking about uh, uh, grappling being human chess and yeah. thinking that like he had created this idea, you know, I, I th think that's the thing. That's the point is like you did come to that realization of like, oh, like yeah, yeah. On your own, along with the influence of like all the other people that have thought the same thing. Right. There is a collective consciousness around it. I like the fact that if it's truly because that it's it's just really your perspective again like that's the biggest thing is your how you think of that it also uh, translates into comedy as well i i'm not i love stand-up comedy i love performing it uh but right. the more that i've i've gone into performing it seems like the less i'm taking in in fear of of uh taking in a joke or to like absorbing someone's material or something like that, because there's been so many different comedy specials that I've seen that when I do watch them uh, somewhere in there, there is not only the same premise, but very similar jokes to what I'm doing. And right. me going like, fuck, I can't do that fucking joke anymore. I go, holy shit. This person has a fucking Netflix special has nearly the same fucking joke I had. And I know yeah. for a fact, I did not get that from them. So if I am of the same mindset, great minds think alike. Then, of course they do. And I will not only have another, like I I'm on the right path. And we, we, we as human beings, we, we tend to like compare ourselves or we compare others to other people that we know that we discovered, you know, prior. So for instance, like you may have invented you may have invented that particular joke or that genre of comedy, right? It's possible that you did it and I didn't know who you were, but I saw somebody else perform it. And so when I meet you, my first, my first instinct is to say, oh, you're just like this person that I saw first, right. not knowing that you had come up with that before that person, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this is like, this is again, this is why like for me, you know, especially in the, in the world of jujitsu and, and when we're talking about like innovation is like, it's, it's okay for you guys to just, you just it take pride in the work that you're doing and be like, look, you know, look what I have, look what I have created. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's the, that's the excitement of the thing that I'm still proud of getting to that point, whether it yeah. be I've, I've kind of uncovered this uh, ancient move that uh, hasn't been spoken of in years or whatever. In sure. my circle. And that's the thing is, is, again, perspective. If you realize there's no real nice way to say it. you're not special. You're, you know what I mean? Nobody's. Unique. It's a relief, actually. Yeah. yeah. Nobody is unique. You're not special. Nobody's fucking out to get you. There's no, <laughs> there's no there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing special. And not saying that there's nothing special about you. It's saying that you are not one of a kind. Right. You, there are. Believe it or not, there are people that like those weird things that you don't tell anybody you like. And right. there's other things that they're they're like they like that food that you don't tell anybody. Or they know there are people like you, no matter if you're being completely honest or not. So right. it, like you said, it should be a relief to you to say, like, I don't have to be this completely different person. I just have to be as me as I can. Because that's right. It's exactly right. That's how you right. say it, because no matter what. There, that doesn't mean that there is a ton of you in your general area. You know what I mean? So you right. somebody's like, I, so that's why I try to go like, whether it be just a premise that I, I'm doing or something like that, like you said, I thought of it. I know I thought of it. 
if somebody comes up to me after the show and says, oh, I saw blah, 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 do that, then I'll go, oh, cool. I, I, uh, you know what? I had no idea that they had a joke like that. I'll probably stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. This is part of the curse of like of creative people. And and I and I tell you, like, if you are, you know, if you are a, a practitioner of any art, whether it's martial arts or or, you know, uh, fine art or, you know, photography, whatever, you, you're going to have this problem with like imposter syndrome. You're, you're always going to be or comedy, for instance, you know, acting so forth. You're always going to be worried that you are too much like somebody else who they're going to say, oh, you stole that from from so and so. Well, sort of, yeah, sort of did because I mean, I'm influenced by all the things that are great that are elevating the aesthetic of whatever art I'm practicing. And of course I'm influenced by it. And I'm going to try and I'm going to try and replicate that. It's my favorite part about music, man. You, you, you know, the, the reason that great music comes about is because somebody else is trying to emulate a sound that they heard that they really like, but they fuck it up and it comes out of something new. And you're like, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's a great way to, to look at it. The skill or the art really comes into the execution. I think. I, I agreed. Well, that's where I was going to go with this. I mean, that, that's, you're exactly right. It's so if, for instance, if like, if my professor teaches me a move and, and then I teach it to you guys, right. For my students or whatever, I can say my professor taught me this move. I don't dig deeper and be like, well, actually it was his professor's professor who <laughs> taught him that move from, you know what I mean? Because what really happened is, is that he, he internalized that information. He made it his own so that it worked in context to like the position that we're in at that specific moment. Here are the, the tweaks and the things that he put into this, this initial position that he was taught or initial move that he was taught. And he gifted it to me. And I do the same thing. So it's not going to be executed exactly the same way that my professor did it. It's going to have my take on that. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do with jujitsu anyway, is I don't want a classroom full of, of Jeff Beck's. I want a classroom full of, of, you know, jujitsu innovators who have taken what I've taught and maybe fucked it up a little bit, maybe changed it a little bit, maybe asked some questions about it and changed it. And then I'm like, that's that's awesome. And then you're going to teach it to somebody else. You see how this works, man. Right. It's it, it is whoever executes on it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's whoever. Everybody is capable of doing all of the things that you see. Like right. it's about learning the thing, and 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 it's it's like it's utilizing the game or the ideas or the ideals brought in the game of telephone. Right. Using it to the best of your advantage. Essentially, even the game telephone serves a purpose: comedy. It's to, yeah. it's to laugh about like how fucked up this thing gets with, you know, repeating it down the line and how many more people yeah. that's it, it still serves a purpose. It's not just right. you know, how stupid people are when <laughs> when they're whispering into the or how uh, shitty they are to, you know, uh, uh, sharing information. It's it's more, it's more of it's it has that comedic purpose of the, having that. It's a game. Sure. So if you have that same idea of like maybe there is a thing. A detail, not saying that out of neglect or out of like disrespect, but maybe there's something that was shown to your your instructor that was that they were like, oh, well, you know, I like doing it this way. I don't need that step. And they just right. taught it. And then to you, it is a brand new move, but you're right. It's just a, it's just something they took and adapted and shared it. But it's it's utilizing that same um, kind of like uh, copy paste, copy paste. Of course, not the exact same thing, because then eventually like it, you can't say that everything in jujitsu is perfect the way it is for everyone. No, it can't be. Right. People, so that's how you get true innovation and the innovation right. isn't going like, Oh, well my coach said not to do it. Right. You have even said on this podcast, just the very last episode, it, at least try it the way I'm showing you. I'm not saying you have to do it, but if you, and not, I'm open to say, if you can execute this thing the way you want to do it, then okay. Then I, what am I going to say? Like, how right. can I, how can I argue that if you're able to execute it that way? There is no right and wrong here. It's just right. There isn't. And I also mentioned that, like, you know, if you understand this correctly, what you're learning is is like how I approach this problem. Right. I'm and then you. once you've understood that, then you can change it. Right. You know, you can make it your own, but all of it, of course, is steeped in a fundamental understanding of like position and base and, and like a core knowledge of like how leverage works and how these things function. And then you can, you can go and, and, uh, take it, take it on your own, man. If you want to try things differently, do them differently. That's how innovation is born. Sure. Uh, but, uh, that brings me into, uh, thinking about 
what's on your what's been on your turntable oh uh, okay so what's on my turntable right now is the last record that my dad got me before he passed away and it, it's uh west montgomery and west montgomery uh was a jazz guitarist and so for all of our listeners out there, I I am a huge fan of jazz music. I love jazz music, but I love I love soul, I love R and B, um, I love rhythm and blues. I love the blues, um, so I like a lot of those like like roots oriented uh, sounds. So this kind of music I listen to on a regular basis. So I, I do listen to other things other than punk rock um, and and underground hip hop. But like but the West Montgomery record is I, he got that record for me. It's like a box set uh, on vinyl, and it's and it's. Um, you know, it's been sitting on my shelf and I, and I listened to it, you know, when I first got it, but I just re-listened to it here uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then, and then again, this week, it's, it's literally on my turntable behind me right now. And like, what a, what a gem, what a gem of, of a, of a record, man. It's just, or it's a series of four records, but it's, it's fucking awesome, man. And what a, what a cool gift to have. Like a lot of times people put a lot of, like, uh, they put a lot of meaning besides that. What did your father leave you or anything like that but like that a true good like being gifted something like that like no doesn't it like he created an heirloom sure yeah for sure for for me yeah and now don't get me wrong i mean my my dad bequeathed me his entire record collection and in that collection is a whole pile of shit that i don't want to listen to um (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh this this is a great record i'm like it's really not a great record but like, but in there are these like again. This speaks to our like our our uh, you know discussion on innovation. Like, I mean, you're going you're going to have a lot of failure in there, and every now and again, you're going to get this gem, right? You're gonna when you're skateboarding, you're gonna fall and fall and fall and fall, and then you're gonna land the trick, and it's gonna be like, ah, you know, you landed that motherfucker. You know, that's it's awesome. And so like, and this one though was like, he knew I would. I think he knew he was definitely in tune with like something that I would like. And, uh, and like, and, and really it just kind of like, it's just mind blowing. Uh, so if you guys never, never had the opportunity to listen to West Montgomery, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, that's what on your turntable, on my turntable, we're yeah, going what's to- on your turntable. I heard a song and I couldn't think of what the song was. It was, okay. I was listening to a radio show and I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out and I'm asking Dominique, what's that song? It goes, it, and I'm like I'm giving, you know, the, when you start asking her questions, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. questions and you can think of every detail of it. It's a song by Nirvana. It was, I know it was Nirvana. It was a song that you've heard a million times, you know, the, you know that song? No, but go ahead. You know, okay. It's a song I've heard a million times. It's a song I've heard covered a million times. That's all this stuff. I actually, I finally just took the time and looked it up. Just, okay. Just looked at, just listened to a, uh, as many Nirvana songs as I could, and the song that I couldn't think of, found it out on the day of my semen analysis. Was called "Breed" by Nirvana. Okay, there you go, man. <laughs> and on the cover of the 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 album, is the naked baby. Is the naked baby right? I right. told I told them wait, wait, that's the the album. Never mind. Is that, Never mind, is that yeah. the Okay. Yeah. So I, I heard the song. I was on my way to that show in, in Port Carbon and I was trying to think of that song. And we basically listened to every Nirvana song on the way to Port Carbon. But that song and the day that I found out the name of the song was the same day of my semen analysis. So I, tell you, I don't know if it's meant to be, but it could be a sign. But not only are we talking about innovation in that band, uh, uh, Dave Grohl. You know, obviously, that right? Which you're a, a huge fan of. Huge fan of Dave Grohl came from that band. All of those old drum tracks that he was doing for Nirvana were just basically drums from old, like classic rock bands that he listened to, that he loved, and right. that basically all he was ever doing on drums was what he heard John Bonham do, and what he heard like other famous drummers, and all of his. Of course. And of course, and mixed it with this different attitude and different other influences, and that's how you got a sound like nirvana so there you go and another 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 story of innovation this is what i'm talking about guys like you could just it's it's okay to to try and emulate the people that you admire this is what we want to do this okay what and i'm going to answer the question for you what's your favorite part about getting a record it's going to the the liner notes and the sleeve and looking at all the bands that they thank for the record right yeah that, and you're I mean, like oh cool i've never listened to this person before and you go and you go listen to them Right. And that's, and that's what that's for is the record. Yeah. 
the recognition of saying like of of i respect the fuck out of these artists and like i'm not saying you should too but i'm suggesting if you like me you should check these guys out exactly but you know what you know what this is this is a good pause for us to like edit and i'm gonna go pee submit uh your uh, ask a black belt questions to uh baby mermaid productions at gmail.com or every once in a while i pop it up on the uh, uh, uh baby mermaid productions instagram so either uh follow yep. that or email there um you can uh, always drop a question in the comment section as well on the video or on the podcast make sure to yeah. you yeah. uh, wherever you are but uh we do have a couple questions uh from a, a jujitsu practitioner himself robert duffield Robert's asking another question. Yeah, he has he has a couple. Don't worry, I got a couple things. Gi or no gi? This is a typical debate in jujitsu. Like, which one? Which one do you prefer, gi or no gi? And the reality is, and it's not a cop out answer. I spend the majority of my time in the gi, but I love both of them equally. I think the art of grappling should you should be able to translate the work that you're doing in the gi to no gi as well, and vice versa. Okay. Um, a lot of techniques that are taught from a, from a leg lock standpoint are not legal in the gi uh, for a lot of practitioners up until like black belt. Um, so, so there's a lot that like, there's a lot that in the reason for those things is, is, is a lot to do with like the amount of like contact and friction that you have there. So the inability to escape those positions becomes greater in the gi than it does in no gi. And so, I mean, it gets, it gets convoluted, but my, but my answer to this question is, is that is that I love both of them equally. I think gi and no gi, I think you should be, if you want to be a well-rounded grappler, you should be able to practice your jujitsu with the gi and you should practice your jujitsu without the gi. Okay, yeah, I like that. Uh, so this actually brings us into our fun one, which is actually a fun one, but also maybe practical as well. Perhaps it is, I can't wait. This is from uh, uh, a comic friend of mine, uh, Mike Boyer. Uh, he brings in a question here. It's a uh, would you triangle choke a guy in the street in a street fight or would you be afraid of getting your uh, getting slammed or getting your dick bitten? OK, great question. And this is one that comes up a lot in terms of like like the street defense component of this. It, would I be afraid to triangle somebody on the street? Yes, I would be afraid to triangle them. Would I triangle them in the street? Yes, because my, I would put my bets that I will put you out before you bite me uh, with, with a triangle choke. Um, I, I am confident in my triangle chokes, but would I be scared to do it? Yes. Yeah. It would be a last ditch. It would be a last ditch uh, uh, position for me. I would be more scared of getting my dick bit and then getting slammed, but you're, you're kind of a, 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 like a skinnier guy, like a smaller guy, like as far as like light wise, you know, like as in, in terms of girth, yeah, <laughs> bone dead. <laughs> Boner now, uh, do you, how much do you weigh? If you don't mind me asking, I know you're never supposed to ask a lady her, her weight. Right? Oh, well, yes, and I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind you asking. Well, first of all, my height is I'm six two, and I'm a hundred and typically 178 pounds somewhere yeah. around there. Okay, so yeah, so depending depending on who it is, I'm just saying that there's I'm a I'm I'm two forty plus depending on you know how much water right. But uh, there's a there's uh, I'm not so much worried about the slamming, but it's more of the my I'm more worried about. I know this is ask a black belt, but as far as like this, I'm more of my success rate with triangles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, would you yeah. ask, if you were triangling someone in a street fight again, uh, part of the thing, would you be like pulling their head forward and going like, gah, 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 you know, no. like just trying to punch the shit out of them or straight no. up? Triangle choke? Yeah. So my so like if I assume that like. Look, if my plan, if we were in a self-defense scenario and my plan was, I was like, okay, I'm going to get this guy to the ground so I can triangle him. Uh, I would be worried because there is a moment of time in there in which if you don't lock that triangle up and you don't keep their posture broken, that they're going to pick you up and slam you into something that you can't recover from. Even if that's, even if that thing is just the, the cement, 
right. they like jump up in the air and slam you down into the ground. You can certainly get a lot of damage from that. Knock yourself out. It could possibly kill you. Like that's like, that's, but part of me says this too, is that if you're in that type of scenario and the fight's getting that intense, like that ship has already sailed. Yeah. Your mindset needs to be on, on putting this guy out as quickly as possible. My first rule of self-defense is get the fuck out of there. All right. No fighting, no striking, no kicking, no punching, no biting, no gouging, no jujitsu, make space, manage the distance, get the fuck out. All right. right. Because there's nothing there's it's not worth whatever is going to happen next is not worth it. But if I was in if if you were on top of me and my back was on the ground, I would definitely not hesitate to triangle you because I also have ways of keeping you on the ground so that you can't pick me up. And I also am confident enough in the triangle choke itself and its in its application that I feel pretty confident that I'll knock you out before you pick me up. Right. Hopefully. And hopefully not right as you pick them up <laughs> <laughs> as they fall on top of you i've had that actually happen to me before and you know what like yeah it happens <laughs> bad news <laughs> break fall put them out You're right they're already asleep um but yeah that's 100 so great question though man great question awesome thanks guys for uh, submitting your questions and yeah thanks for submitting the questions they're good they're actually good questions if you have a <laughs> like that they're actually a good question yeah, uh they're they good uh but i don't want to really know what's in your mouth jeff i want to know what's on your mind Ooh, listen we're not going to do this as a regular podcast uh, as a regular segment for the podcast guys we're going to tell this we're going to shout this one out to luke we love you luke and we thank you for like for harassing us to get back on the air and start making uh, podcast episodes. We're going to do what's on your mind just for you today. And here we go. When we're talking about innovation and reputation and like what people know about you and all this, I had this crazy thought this week that like, it doesn't fucking matter because here's what happens after you die. All right. You're dead. Okay. You're no longer here and people make shit up about you. they make it up because it's their interpretation of what your life was. And then over, over time and in a short amount of time, it becomes Canon. It's rooted in reality. It's rooted or steeped in truth, but it's the truth that the living still experience, right? This is the way that they interpreted what you did. They don't know because what actually happened in your head or what actually happened in the scenario, they tell a story and I'm guilty of it too. Like, I don't remember all the details. I can just tell you this feeling or the story and now you're going to hear it and you're going to repeat that story to somebody else. And it's going to be, so it's that telephone game that you were just talking about. And so here's what my point is. It's like, don't get hung up on the details guys, because at some point you're going to be dead and it's not going to fucking matter. Be an awesome person and they'll tell great stories about you. Be a dickhead. And they'll probably still tell awesome stories about you. Don't worry so much about if you're doing it right, necessarily. Right. Don't worry about doing it right. Right. You'll get it. Do your best. Do your best. This is funny because uh, you're talking about (laughs) repetition and and innovation. We've talked about innovation a lot. Uh, the The whole reason this was brought up in the first place was because Luke uh, 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 expressed to me one day in uh in 6am class shout out to 6am and luke 6am represent but uh he was say he was saying how much he enjoyed what's on your mind and how much expressly he enjoyed uh one particular time one of the topics that i had shared and i'm not joking with you jeff i did not do this on purpose i was genuinely thinking what's been on my mind today all day today right okay hot dogs <laughs> that's the fucking topic that luke was like man the one time you just said we're like you know what's been on my mind hot dogs <laughs> and i'm like holy yes i am i am just it's genuinely what's on my mind jeff most of the time <laughs> and, and, and for this particular time i want to i want to share my personal feelings and i've been called i've been called a lot of things in my life jeff Sure. My mom in in particular has called me the villain in the okay. past. <laughs> but I want to know something, Jeff. Do you first of all, do you like hot dogs? I do like the hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love that phallic meat. It's put it's, it in my mouth all day long. It's just the best mystery meat you could ever have. It is a mystery meat. It's, yeah. it's incredible. I, it's something about it. Do you have a preferred method or a preferred, like your least preferred method of cooking? cooking the hot dog yeah yeah i don't care for boiling the hot dog what the f- 
fuck is wrong with people? I don't yeah. understand this. I've gotten so much shit for or preferring a boiled hot dog. I don't understand why people don't like it. Let's say this, Jeff. If I, I, do, I don't dislike it, it's just my no, least no, no, no. preferred. No, you are now the face of evil in my mind. My, my... <laughs> I, I should have been that from the beginning, though, my friend. I love hot dogs, everything in them. Everything in them. Everything. Okay, great. Yeah. So when you boil them in that, and they just stew and they just boil and they soak up all more of that juice and all that. And it never leaves. It's not going anywhere. They're right. just in that juice. Why wouldn't people enjoy that more? A succulent boiled hot dog over some burn ass uh, grilled hot dog. It's a great question. I don't know that I have the answer for you. Thank you. I can tell you that like the, the hot dogs that I enjoy the most, my favorite hot dog, one of my favorite hot dogs, <laughs> was the uh, were the the hot dogs at Costco? Okay, oh, okay. You go and get a Costco hot dog. Okay, I don't know how they make those those big ass ones. The, you're talking about the the big some bitches, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're big. They're delicious. Okay, and I, I assume they're just done on a rotisserie. You know, just yeah. you know, they just rotate in the heat and it, you know, and then they plump up and then you eat them. But here's the thing about Costco hot dogs is that they're filled with nitrates. And it, they gave me the worst headache. And I didn't recognize the first time it happened that it was the hot dog that caused it. And then I went back, you know, another time and I ate another hot dog and I got another headache right after it. And then by the third time I was like, okay, it's the hot dogs that's causing it. Sure enough. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, <laughs> I mean, there was a serious debate as to whether or not I should just go forward anyway. Maybe over time, my my head would acclimate to this because I they were they're really good. They're really good hot dogs. Right, like, you know what would be me me the next time after I discovered it was the hot dog, Jeff? I would go back in there and I'd go, uh, one hot dog and two Tylenol, please. Two, like, you're, <laughs> I mean, you're a problem solver. This is it. That, yeah, I think that's that's so funny because you're getting uh, meat sweats from <laughs> from. <cotton. laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck, man? My so bad. I want the hot dog caused it to be the name of this episode. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. I hope you got what you wanted, Luke. Well, there you go, kids. We'll boil you later. Wait, 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 do we have an outro? No. Should we have an outro? Uh, eat your hot dogs, kids. <laughs> Should that be our outro? What was your thing? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>